You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, I got some disco lights because I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Welcome. It is Sunday, March 1st, and you have tuned into The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata at Black Hollywood Live. I am your host, Carla Renata. If, why, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> If this is your first time joining me, please, if you're watching on YouTube, give me a big old thumbs up to let me know you were here. If you're uh, listening via Spotify or Apple Music or iHeartRadio, please give me five stars to let me know that you love me because I know that you do. And um, yeah, so in the chat room right now, I believe it's Brandon. Brandon is a huge fan of the Disney Pixar family. So he's all about the onward. So we'll talk about onward a little later on, but this is women's month. So we've come out of award season. We're done with all the awards. The last couple of them were the NAACP image awards and the American black film festival honors, which all happened right behind each other last Saturday and Sunday. And we honored people like Jamie Foxx. We honored Cynthia Erivo. We honored, uh, Mor- we didn't honor Mor- do we honor Morgan Freeman no we didn't honor Morgan Freeman but Morgan Freeman walked out and like blew everybody's minds at the ABFF honors um, Dion Cole hosted that the, M- the NAACP Image Awards was awesome because Jill Scott came out and gave us a little precursor to what her 20th anniversary tour of her first CD This Is Who Is Jill Scott She's touring around the country doing that. So she gave us a little precursor to that with some of her songs. And there's this one song that she has. Um, I think it's called Is It The Way You Love Me? And there's this one line where she, where this, there's a whole bunch of lyrics where she talks about how she prepares for her day to get on with her day. And she talks about, you know, putting on her jacket, grabbing her keys, going to work. She gets up, makes some breakfast, toast, two scrambled eggs, juice. And then she says grits. And she sings grits, and it's like she just draws out the word grits. But every woman in the house knows that song. And so when she got to the word grits, people as loud as they possibly could just sang grits. And it was pure, unadulterated comedy. And I was there for every single solitary second of it. But if you did not see the NAACP Image Awards in real time or the American Black Film Festival in real time, if you go to the American Black Film Festival Twitter page, you can see excerpts from the different award ceremonies there in different clips. If you did not see the NAACP Image Awards, I'm pretty sure you can find clips of that on YouTube. So having said that, um, we're done with awards season. It was very predictable as usual. Um, we know what I thought about a plethora of things, especially when it came to women and people of color. So I won't reiterate that sentiment. But what I will do is now that we're into Women's Month, I want to honor women. So what I first want to start doing is talking about everything that I'm going to talk about today. Ironically enough, just happens to be on Netflix, except for one thing that's on Apple TV. But Everything is on Netflix. And one of the things that I saw was a documentary called She Did That. She did that. (laughs) Check, check. This young lady named Renee Blewett was a budding entrepreneur. 
and she knew some other budding entrepreneurs that just happened to be women of color. She got them all together, made this documentary by herself, raising money online, and it is now on Netflix. And they were just recently profiled on the Tamron Hall show on ABC. So it's getting lots of love. And it's funny because before they profiled it on the Tamron Hall show, I was going to talk about it here on The Curvy Critic, but I just kept running out of time and couldn't get to it. So I've got time today and I want to tell you all about it. This is a documentary that talks about breaking down the challenges and the triumphs of women trying to start and maintain a business and being their own boss. It is extremely informative for a variety of reasons. And you don't necessarily have to be a woman or a person of color or, um, you know, you just have to be somebody who has an interest and a passion and a vision for starting your own business. The most prolific moment in that film was when one of the young ladies, and I can't remember right now which one it was, but one of them was talking about the fact that she had a master's degree. She had gone out on her lunch break on this job that she was at. She'd gone out on this lunch break and had this fabulous um, meeting with Russell Simmons and came back to her job and her boss wanted her to make copies. And she was like, you know what? I have a master's degree. I just had a meeting with Russell Simmons about a project that I want to do. I'm done. And she quit. And that is the biggest message, I think, with that documentary is the fact that when you are fed up with crawling up under somebody else's feet, having them put their foot on your neck when you're trying to make your own way in the world from a business standpoint, you do one of two things. You either clamp your jaws down and you continue to, you know, be a sheep and follow the masses and not say anything, or you strike on strike out on your own by any means necessary and just take whatever hits you have coming. And just to speak to that briefly, in starting The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, I was hit with a lot of obstacles in, in the process of starting this. I really was. But I was passionate about it. I was adamant about it. And I knew that me talking about movies as a woman of color was a void that needed to be filled because I never saw anybody that looked like me talking about movies. Everybody that I saw was a middle-aged white man. No offense to any of them. I love them, and they're the reason that they... And a lot of them are the reasons why I was inspired to do what I'm doing. But having said that, I never saw a woman of color talking about film. And so I was like, I have an infinite love of film, all kinds of film, except for horror. Y'all know I don't dig horror. (laughs) But I have an infinite love of film. And so I was like, let me just see what happens. Let me just start this thing and see what happens. And me doing The Curvy Critic has taken me to some of the biggest film festivals in the world. It's taken me to the Oscars. It's taken me to doing pundit work at uh, Fox 11 Los Angeles. It's taken me to writing for Variety. It's taken me to so many different places, and I'm not done yet. So it's a cautionary tale, but a really wonderful, inspiring tale. So myself and Renee Blewett are telling you, you can do that. If she did it and I did it, 
you can do that. And she did that. So she did that is on Netflix is streaming right now. You can watch it. And I promise you, it is a wonderful, wonderful documentary that everybody will enjoy for a variety of different reasons. I want to welcome Michael B. Hey, hey, Michael B. Boy. Hey, hey, hey. Um, um, back to the chat room. I love you. You're always here. Appreciate you. Um, so moving on, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about this other documentary that I saw on Netflix called They Gotta Have Us. So it's kind of like a play on words, like Spike Lee's she, She's Gotta Have It, They Gotta Have Us. And basically what that means is it's a documentary that is chronicling the history of black people as actors, producers, and directors in cinema over the decades, over the beginning of time until now, and how our images have evolved, how directing those images has evolved, how producing those images have evolved, and they um, involve they pro, they highlight and profile some of the best of the black talent that we have, like Ruthie Carter, who was the first woman to win an Oscar for costume design. Diane Carroll, who we recently just lost, who was the first woman to be a female lead on a network television program. They, um, Spike Lee is one of the people that speaks. Sidney Poitier is one of the people that speaks. Harry Belafonte is one of the people that speaks. The late John Singleton. And they all talk about the image of black film from an acting, directing, producing standpoint, it is absolutely a must-see. And I realize that most of these things that I'm talking about today should have actually been talked about during Black History Month, which was literally, which literally ended yesterday because we got one extra day. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. But... It doesn't matter when I talk about them. It just matters that I talk about them. And as long as I talk about them and I talk about them to you, then you're knowing about it. And then you can tell somebody else and they can tell somebody else and they can tell somebody else. And that's how we get people to see these projects that normally wouldn't get seen. So it's called They Gotta Have Us. It is streaming on Netflix right now. Last but not least... um, my girl, Octavia Spencer, I was so happy to run into her at the um, the Spirit Awards. I went to the Spirit Awards uh, ceremony, and I ran into her there. Now, she's been working on a project about Madam C.J. Walker, which is based on a book by Madam C.J. Walker, one of Madam C.J. Walker's granddaughters. And um, it's called Self-Made, the Madam C.J. Walker Story. It begins streaming on Netflix on March 6th, so it's not up just yet because today is March 1st. So by the time I come back next week, this would have already started to stream, right? But when I tell you, you are going to lose your mind when you see this. It's a four-part miniseries. It's not a documentary. It's a four-part uh, scripted series that stars Octavia and Blair Underwood in the title roles and what you may or may not know about Madam C.J. Walker, whenever people talk about her, they talk about her from, oh, you know, she was the woman that came up with the products to help black women straighten their hair. Yes, that's true. But in making, in developing and making those products, Madam C.J. Walker became the first self-made millionaire, male or female, of any race in America. That's the important thing that you want to take away about her. She was the first 
self-made millionaire, and she lived right next door in upstate New York next to the Rockefellers. Now think about that. This is like 1930s, maybe a little before that, that we're talking about, and this is a black woman in America who's living next door to the Rockefellers. Just ponder that for a second. But that's who she was, and she made it by any means necessary. Her marriage struggled as a result of it. She was desperate to have her daughter be passionate about the business the way that she was. But it took her daughter a minute. She eventually got there, but it it took her daughter a minute. But we learned some things about Madam C.J. Walker that you're not going to find on any other TV movie, TV series anywhere. And it's because it's written from a very personal point of view. Aaliyah Bundles was her granddaughter, great-great-granddaughter, I believe. And she wrote a book, and this series is um, scripted and based on factual information in that book. And side note, my great-great-grandmother actually studied under Madam C.J. Walker. She was a beautician in St. Louis, Missouri, and she studied under Madam C.J. Walker and was selling her products and everything. But I know, right? Little known fact. I'm full of so many facts these days. But Tiffany Haddish plays Octavia's daughter. Octavia's in the title role, like I said. I was so excited to see this. And I I found out about it. And, you know, as a, as a critic, we get to watch stuff early sometimes. And so I was elated that I got to watch this, this one early. And I literally was really late trying to get somewhere one day because I sat down to watch it. And I just couldn't stop watching it. I saw the first one. And then I had to sit and watch the second one. And, and I had to watch the third one. And then I had to watch the fourth one. And I just was like, oh, my God, I just have to watch the whole thing. I was so excited about it that I reached out to Octavian and was like, oh, my God, this is everything. It's amazing. Congratulations. I can't wait for people to see it. So, again, it's called Self Made, the Madam C.J. Walker story. It will stream on Netflix on March 6th. So, I remember a little while ago, I think when the AFI Film Festival was happening, um, I was talking about a film called The Banker. And The Banker was a film that starred Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Mackie and Nia Long. And it was um, a movie that was adapted from a true story. Um, and th- and this is what I want to say about that. So there's a lot of true stories that are adapted for the screen um, that are historically based. Um, we had Oliver Stone's JFK. We had Norman Jewison's The Hurricane. And that one actually drew criticism for mixing fact with fiction. Because, you know, when, pe- when the people that the subjects are about... have relatives that are still living, they don't like history being rewritten and retold in a way that's not factual. It's offensive and it's, it's frankly, a little disrespectful from my perspective. And then we had a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago, we had a multitude of complaints over Green Book, which was produced by Universal Pictures, um, that was supposed to be a fact-based film centered on the life and relationship of black concert pianist Donald Shirley and his chauffeur in uh, mid-century America. And although the Shirley family considered the betrayal um, that un- that Universal ba- Universal backed the film through awards campaign season, and it eventually won the Oscar for Best Picture. But having said that, we always find that when somebody adapts a real-life person's Um, story into a feature film, there's always going to be somebody or something that happens that draws criticism. So I'm prefacing that to say that when 
The Banker was supposed to premiere at the AFI Film Festival in 2019. It was set in the prestigious position of being the premier film at the AFI Film Festival of 2019. And then a couple of days before, it was snatched. And it was snatched because Cynthia Garrett, who is the daughter of the film's protagonist, Bernard Garrett, accused Bernard Garrett Jr., one of the film's producers, and her half-brother of sexual abuse. So, because of those allegations, because not having all the facts, AFI and Apple TV thought it was best to snatch the picture and pull it until they got all the facts and worked everything out well. So now, um, and oh, and I, it should also be noted that uh, Bernard Garrett Jr. was was one of the producers on the film, and he was helping them to, I guess, get the facts together about his dad. But he, his name has since been pulled from the IMDb credits as producer of the film. And it basically, this film deals with these two African-American men in Los Angeles in the 1950s. They hire a white man to pose as the head of their company while they posed as janitors and chauffeurs and ran a business, a real estate business. They owned quite a bit of real estate in the city of Los Angeles, including banks. And then, of course, with anything like that where you're making lots of money, folks start getting comfortable, they start getting greedy, and that's when they start making mistakes and they get uh, called out and um, and caught. So that's what happens. But this movie was a great movie. I, I was lucky enough to be able to see it right before they snatched it and was doing whatever they did. I think I was in one of the first screenings of it that they had. But I'm happy to report that they're finally, finally, finally going to release the film on March 6th. Now, I'm not sure if it's still going to be on Apple TV or if they switched it to Netflix because this week there was some talk about them doing one or the other. I'm not sure which one it's going to end up being on, but I do know that it is going to be released on March 6th. Um, So, yeah. That's going to happen. So things to watch out for. She did that. And the They Gotta Have Us documentaries on Netflix. Self-made the Madam C.J. Walker on Netflix. And I need for you to watch out for The Banker, which is either going to be on Netflix or Apple TV on March 6th. So there's that. Um, Got some news for y'all. A lot of news. So get ready for it. We're going to do the Curvy Critic News section. All right. So... Big news this week. Harvey Weinstein, who was accused of major sexual um, crimes, allegedly, he had a trial that lasted for a few few weeks, and he was put up for six counts. I think six counts of rape is what it was. He was found guilty on two out of the six counts and was sent to Rikers Island. So this was a seen as a huge victory in the hashtag MeToo movement because a lot of women came out against Harvey Weinstein saying that he basically had ruined their careers because they wouldn't sleep with him or they wouldn't give in to his sexual advances. And this sends a big, bold message between the imprisonment of him and the imprisonment of Bill Cosby. This sends a big, bold message to men in Hollywood with those types of shenanigans that it is no longer going to be tolerated and you will have to be held accountable for your actions. So again, Harvey Weinstein was found guilty on two out of the six counts sent to Rikers Island this past week, having been found guilty. Now, when I was a college student in at Howard University, there was a huge story that played in the Washington Post. It was written by a journalist there called um, Janet Cook. 
she was a, a writer for the for the Washington Post. Her name was Janet Cook, and she wrote this story called Jimmy's World, and it was about this young man who was kind of down and out and was really struggling, and you read the story, and you just felt so much empathy for him. Well, the world felt empathy for him, and it resulted in her winning a Pulitzer Prize until... It was found out that she lied and made the whole story up. So not only did she lose her job at the Washington Post, she became extremely discredited as a journalist and had her Pulitzer Prize snatched from her, which was really unfortunate because Janet was a woman of color. Women of color didn't get those types of honors that often, and it was really disconcerting and disappointing that that happened to her. But what's about to go down is Janet Mock and Ryan Murphy who are responsible for Pose on FX, they are teaming up to bring Janet Cook's story to life on Netflix. I know I'm talking a lot about Netflix today, but the film is simply going to be called Janet. So be on the lookout for that. Also be on the lookout for NBC had a, not NBC, Universal Pictures, NBC Universal, had a film out in 2019 called Night School to star Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart. Well, Kevin Hart is bringing that to NBC Television, turning it into a sitcom starring Shanola Hampton, and he will be the executive producer of that. Letitia Wright, who we know and love from the Black Panther, is going to be in a film called The Silent Twins, Twins, <laughs> The Silent Twins, by investigative journalist Marjorie Wallace. It's a chilling true story that follows twin sisters who were entirely silent, communicating only to each other in a private language. They became obsessed with writing fiction, boys, and crime in their teens, but their intense bond ultimately turned into something more dangerous. So be look be on the lookout for Letitia Wright in the film The Silent Twins. Zazie Beats and Oscar winner Melissa Leo are set to start in a drama start star in a drama called Shelter. Now, desperate for shelter, the duo returns to his returns to Leo's home in a rural Minnesota where they fake an illness in hopes of quickly getting back on their feet. So that's going to be interesting, but I'm more excited to see Melissa Leo. I love Melissa Leo. And then two people of color that we both know and love from The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, Denai Guerrera and Coleman Domingo both have gotten first look overall deals. Coleman's first look deal is with AMC, the American Movie Channel, and Denai Guerrera's overall deal is with ABC Studios. So congratulations and a big old thumbs up to them. Deadline has confirmed that a new Star Wars feature is in the works. And you know, I'm all about the Star Wars. I'm walking around with a Star Wars bag, a coach bag that has Star Wars in big old silver letters on it. So I'm all the way live for this one. Um, it's with Slate filmmaker J.D. Dillard and Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. screenwriter Matt Owens. But those with knowledge say that it's not definite, whether it's for Disney Plus or for the big screen. Don't matter to me. This is another Star Wars story, so I'm down for all of it. Reportedly, the project will take place on the hidden Sith planet of Exegol, which was introduced last December in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Now, Nia Long, I forgot to say Nia Long is also in The Banker, which is coming out on March 6th. She is now going to be executive producing and starring in a drama called Dreams of 
of the Moon is set in 1971 against the backdrop of the secret NASA Apollo 16 training mission. And the independent film tells the story of an African-American teenage girl who dreams of becoming an astronaut in her small mining town. And last but not least... Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins is starring as Mike Tyson's trainer Cus D'Amato in Cus and Mike. Now the story is of Mike's legendary trainer Cus D'Amato and how he molded the fighter, the award-winning fighter, into becoming the youngest heavyweight title winner ever and one of the most ferocious boxers of his generation. That is it. For the Curvy Critic News, hey, the Curvy Critic Minute here at Black Hollywood Live. That was a lot of news, though, yo. (laughs) I just had to get it all in. I had to tell you all about it, but it was a lot going on. Um, Let's see what we're talking about in the chat room. (laughs) Michael B's talking about, bye, Harvey, and damn it, Janet. Oh, you're hilarious. I kind of love you for that. Um, But that was a lot of news. A lot of it was really good, except for the Harvey Weinstein news. I mean, it's good for women all over the world who are being harassed and, you know, mistreated. But it's kind of bad for him and those type of men that engage in those types of shenanigans. So, bye, boy, bye. (laughs) And there's that. Um, So, next week, we have, I have an interview coming up with a filmmaker that I adore. Her name is Eliza Hitman. She is the director and the screenwriter of a film called Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. And I talked about it when I came back from Sundance, but I'm going to talk to her a little bit more about it. it. The subject matter of the film deals with abortion. So it's not for the faint of heart and it's not of light fare, but I'm really interested to see what she has to say about it because it was a heavy film, but it was a, it was a film that I feel needs to be seen and needs to be talked about. So I'll talk to her about that and we'll get some more information on her about that. And then we're also going to talk about, um, maybe we'll talk about the quiet place too and the climb and a couple of other things that are coming up. We'll see. There's some things coming up. This is a slow time of the year film-wise. You know, everybody gears up all year long for the Oscars, the Oscars, the Oscars. And then the Oscars happen. And then you're like, okay, now what? (laughs) And then a whole bunch of films come out that you're like, but do I really want to see that? I don't know if I want to see that. And, 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 you know, stuff like that. And I know The Invisible Man is in theaters. And like I said, I don't do horror. So I did not see The Invisible Man. But sources tell me that it is a very good film and that it's more thriller than horror. So if it's a thriller, I can handle thrillers. Horror, not so much. And I kind of love Elizabeth Moss, so I might have to go see it and talk to y'all about that. Last week when I wasn't here and I sent a little video in, I did talk about Onward, so I'll just talk about that again real fast since it is coming to theaters on March 6th. So Onward is kind of like I was talking to my producer, Josh, about it before we went live. And <laughs> it's kind of like Frozen with with bros. So it's like, it's like Brozen. <laughs> I want to call Onward Brozen. And it was really good. The, the color of it was just really gorgeous. If anybody deserves to be an animated character, it's Chris Pratt and Octavia Spencer. I'm talking about Octavia again today. They are just wonderful in these roles that they play. And the story is really wonderful. And, you know, 
it's it's about time that the guys had. I mean, you know, the girl, the little girls have Anna and Elsa, and and now you know the little boys are gonna have you know these two kids and and onward. And Julia Louis Dreyfus plays the mom, and this is what I really loved more than anything. You know, I'm always about the body image situation, so I love the fact that Julia Louis Dreyfus's character animated character as the mom she had a mom body she didn't have this like unattainable waist she had hips and a booty and some thighs and she had you know some girth to her and most of the time when you go and you see some older cartoons the the cartoon moms or the women in the cartoons always have like these they have these unattainable waist waistlines these waistlines that look like they're you know 14 inches round and you know they're really skinny and nobody and I mean there are some people in life that look like that there really are but most people that are walking around in life they got a little girth to them they got a little hip they got a little booty action some of them got a little tummy you know some of them got some little thighs some of them be eating too many Twizzlers and you can see that cottage cheese from the thighs coming through the pants I'm just saying you know you know who you are um um, I was one of them at one point too, so I'm not judging. I just know what it's like. <laughs> but it's nice to see somebody that looks closer to what you see as a human being walking down the street every day reflected in cinema and especially in animated cinema. So I was there for all of that. It was really great. Um, yeah, so that's that's coming out uh, onward. And it's a Pixar Disney movie. So it's a, an association with Pixar and Disney. Oh, I almost dro- I buried the lead. So in in light, well, not in light, on the subject of Disney and Pixar, I almost forgot to mention that Bob Iger stepped down as the Disney CEO this week, which I don't think anybody saw that coming. So it's real interesting. And then there was some drama with the Lizzie McGuire franchise because they were supposed to be on Dis- Disney Plus, but Disney said that they, what that, what was pitched about Lizzie McGuire is not what Disney ultimately want Disney Plus wanted to do with it. So they were like, yeah, why don't you just move us on over to Hulu so we can do what we want to do? And I believe that that's possibly what happened. But between that and Bob Iger stepping down, it was a whole lot going on this week with Disney. I was like, yikes. And on a personal note, you, y'all know that I recur as an actress on NBC Superstore. And Superstore is the number one show on the NBC network sitcom-wise. Well, this week we got the unfortunate news that our star and executive producer of Superstore, America Ferreira, will not be returning after completing the shooting of season five, which we're currently in. I think there's maybe two or three more weeks of shooting for season five, and then we're done. And so will she be. So that particular day that that news was announced, my phone my phone was blowing up. It was like ding, 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 ding. And I thought my phone was about to blow up. I thought something was wrong with my phone because my phone never does that. And I never get that kind of action on my phone. I don't get text messages and emails and phone messages and things like that. But I did that day. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what's happening? Do you know? Even if I did know, I can't tell you. But what I do know is this. If it were not for America Ferreira, somebody that looks like me would not be on Superstore looking like a real person with a real life and a real body. So for that, I will be forever grateful to her and the executive producer, Justin Spitzer, for allowing me and hiring me to be on Superstore. It has been the ride of a lifetime. And if season six, if we got picked up for season six, and if season six goes well... 
I'm down for all of it. And if it doesn't, I've had the best time ever. I've been on a lot of television shows, been on a lot of sitcoms, guest starring and co-starring and recurring, but I'd never been on a show that was number one at its network. And Superstore is that. And the people there are A plus, number one, all the way. I love working with them. I enjoy being in their company, and it's just been so much fun. So I hope that people will continue to watch Superstore when season six does come up and that they will support us in spite of the fact that America will no longer be with us. But I'm sure she'll be supporting us as well. But I had to give her a shout-out and tell her thank you. But that was some big old news that hit my phone. I was not ready for any of that. I really was not. Um, so Michael B says, I don't know why folks are shocked by that. He said he was going to leave, I think last year. I think he's talking about Bob Iger. I think maybe people forgot. And I think that people just weren't ready for it because it was like right after award season was over, Disney Plus seemed to be doing really well. And folk were just like, oh, no, Bob Iger stepping down. But this is the thing. The entertainment business is very cyclical, whether you are a CEO, whether you're a critic, whether you're a producer or writer. It's a very cyclical business. And so you have to ebb and flow with the changes and you can't be there forever. There's not going to be any TV show that's going to be on television forever. There's not going to be any CEO that's going to. To uh, run a company forever. forever. There's not going to be some directors are not going to direct forever. You know, that stuff is stressful. And at some point, you have to decide whether you're going to continue to live your life for other people or whether you're going to live your life. So I'm not mad at brother. I'm like, step down and live your life because, you know, I'm sure I don't know how old Bob Iger is, but I'm sure he's at a place in life where he wants to enjoy the rest of his life, whatever you know, chapter of it he has left because he's been a CEO and he's been an executive at Disney for a really, really long time. I think he was he was there when I was doing Lion King. So he's been there for a minute and or at least over 20 years. He hasn't always been the CEO, but he's always been there in some type of executive position. So, you know, I wish the brother well. I just I hope he does all right. And, and I hope, you know, that he enjoys life and, and continues to to make a change and make a difference in that lane where he's living. So I think that pretty much does it, y'all. I have talked my booty off today. Well, no, I haven't. It's still underneath me. (laughs) I cracked myself up. Anywho, um, but I will be back next week. And when I come back next week, like I said, I'll probably talk about, um, I'll probably talk about like my spy and I have that interview with Eliza Hitman from never rarely sometimes always and um, some other things. I'm doing some Peter Rabbit stuff. I'm doing some Mulan stuff. So like I said, this is a really slow time of the year. In a couple of weeks, South by Southwest Film Festival will be happening. I was supposed to go there, but, you know, with the recent scare with the coronavirus situation, they had a a flight attendant in SoCal that was... uh, contracted the virus and then in Austin like right up 47 miles outside of Austin they were saying that there were a couple of cases there I just didn't want to take the chance to be traveling and be confined to an airplane right now I'm not panicking or anything I'm just erring on the side of caution until we find until we get a little more information and find out what's really going on because I just don't trust the news reports that are coming out right now they're kind of all over the place so there's that but Having said that, I appreciate you always for coming and joining me over here at the Curvy Critic. 
with Carla Renata at Black Hollywood Live. As I said at the beginning of the broadcast, if this is your first time here, please feel free to go into the comments section below. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to see. I'll do my best to try to accommodate you. I know you guys would tell me that you wanted to see more interviews, so I've tried to do more of that. Speaking of interviews, I do have an interview that I'm going to put up at some point that I did with Sterling K. Brown. I usually don't cover television because I'm on television, but Sterling K. Brown is my St. Louis homie, and I try to support him. So he plays Randall on This Is Us, and he's had a very significant storyline happening there dealing with mental health. And mental health is a big, huge conversation that very often does not happen in the African-American community. There's a big stigma associated with that in the African-American community. So I talked to him in a roundtable situation with some other journalists about that. We talked about the whole red carpet situation, how, you know, we always get dissed on the red carpet when you black. And it's just like a whole situation that keeps happening. We keep talking about it. We keep complaining about it, but nothing keeps happening, which is a little disconcerting in itself. But we talk about a whole plethora of things. So I probably will just write that up and it'll probably be a press release on the Afterbus site, or it might be on my site, thecurvyfilmcritic.com. I'm looking at the material now to see how I want to play that. And then I also wanted to let you guys know I think last year I shared that I was part of a cast of a show that Focus Features does called You Know That Scene. So basically they pick a lot of titles from some universal picture films and they throw a theme around it and then we talk about the films. So I have been asked to be part of the, is it the third season? The third season, the third season cast. So when those episodes start coming up, they usually air on on YouTube and on Facebook on the, the Focus Features page. So when those episodes go up, I'll be sure to share those with you as well. Please give me a big old thumbs up again to let me know you were here. Give me five stars if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, Apple Music, or iHeartRadio. And, um, yeah, I I really enjoy you guys. I really appreciate you being here. Um, I know, Brandon, I know you can't wait for Onward. I, I can't wait for you to see it, too. You're going to love it, I promise. Um, Michael B., Carla, would you be interested in doing a black version of the Hollywood Roundtable? The Hollywood Roundtable or the Hollywood Red Table Talk? <laughs> I don't know. Um, probably. So, you know, I'm doing so many things. I probably just don't have the time. I would be interested. Let me put it this way. I would be interested, but I honestly just don't have the time for it. My time is kind of all over the place. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in that. And I think that that is a really good note to end on. So, again, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. At Black Hollywood Live, you can always catch me right here every Sunday at 5 o'clock, whether I'm in studio or not. I never leave you hanging, as you have discovered over the last year. I have never, ever, ever missed a show. They might be late, but I don't miss one ever, ever, ever. Right after this, you can catch me at After Buzz TV doing the General Hospital After Show or the GH Report, as we affectionately call it here. And, of course, as always, you can find me across all social media platforms at the curvy critics so until next weekend when onward my that my boy brandon can't wait to see until next week i will see you then love peace and hair grease until the next time deuces 
On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.